first ever Mr. Bass and Get Your Fish On live podcast show. Whee! We got to roll the intro music. Uh, we don't have any. Sorry. <laughs> oh, damn it. There we go. I'm out. I'm done. Just get rid yeah. of me right. Black Bring me out. Black Close me out. Off. Shut us down. <laughs> Matthew and Nick, how you guys doing? We're pretty excited. Uh, this is uh, this is our experiment, and uh, I think it's going to be exciting and fun. I know it's going to be fun for Steve and I, and I hope it is for you guys as well. And we're really excited to bring the Mr. Bass and the Get Your Fish On fishing community together. And this is really going to be exciting. You're right, Eric. This is going to be fire tonight. I hope it is. Uh, what we're going to do, uh, just kind of let me just tell you guys a little bit about the format. And then uh, we might talk about the format again a little later in the show as more people jump on. But the plan for now is every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, we will be uh, having this live stream show together. Now, because we're two YouTubers, we got separate channels. Uh, the plan is that every other Wednesday, we will be hosting this on opposite channels. So. If you've noticed tonight, we're on the Mr. Bass channel. Next week, we'll be on the Get Your Fish On channel. So what does that mean? You need to be subscribing to both channels. Yes. And turn your notifications on on both channels so that you'll be able to keep track of which platform we're on each week. Um, that really, I think, is going to be the only little piece to this that might get a little confusing. You may say, all right, the show's on tonight, but then you might ask, well, which which uh, which channels are going to be on, Mr. Bass or Get, Get Your Fish On? Uh, so we will be, of course, sending announcements out and stuff ahead of time, but subscribe to both channels, turn your notifications on on both channels, mm -hmm. and we will we'll be rocking and rolling and ready. And, and, and also, we'll put this on like, it's on your channel right now, and later on, we're, we've got that Dropbox thing. I will upload this, the, yeah. the finished product, to my channel so you can go rewatch it either or here or there. That's right. So if you want to rewatch it, it will be on both channels. <laughs> if you rewatch it, I want an email from you why you rewatched it. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> they're getting something from me if you rewatch it. <laughs> I think I think my live stream that I did a few weeks ago where I put the fish hook in my hand on live on the air, a lot of guys wanted to go back and rewatch that. But uh, that might be the only time when we stick a hook on ourselves on live uh, live on the air. You did you see Shaw? Did you see Shaw get it the other day? No, I, I saw um, I saw a couple of other pros. Um, who was that with uh, with um, well, I can't think of the name at the moment. No, I did not see Shaw. Shaw got one too as well, huh? Yeah, in his big finger the other day. And then he was, I think he was live too. And uh, he, he got a trocar it, and he was by himself. So he had to push down on one end and, and use oh, yeah. pliers to pull it out on the other side. And then there was somebody else I heard just a couple weeks ago at, the, at one of the bass events. It went through his finger and they had to pull it, push it through clip it and then pull it back out because it couldn't come out the other way. Crazy. You know, uh, as, as uh, many years as I've been fishing now, I've really been lucky. I, that was the first time I got one like totally, completely embedded. Mm -hmm. 
I've had, you know, little, little nicks and, and stuff like that, but never one that actually needed the old braided wire, braided line method to pull it out. I, I so. had one, uh, I went fishing at a, a buddy's pond and I was leaving and I tripped. I, I, well, I'll be honest. I thought I saw a snake and I screamed <laughs> and I slid down a little embankment. And when I slid my rod, just, it just went right into my finger and it was, it was really dark. And I was like, what do I do here? And I knew how, I knew how to do it, but I was so mad at myself. I just grabbed my pliers and just yanked it out as hard. And, and it just blood just went all over. And then, uh, and then I felt like such a moron because it was a hose that I screamed about and it wasn't a snake. At right. All. But the old hook in your hand over a garden hose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nice. there, there's other, there's lots of things. My that's what my life is like. I mean, I'm I'm constantly worried about snakes, gators. I'm not worried about it at all. Uh, I see a snake. I am I'm Mariah Carey and screaming. I'm not that's joking. Crazy. There. Hey, uh, um, Eric's got uh, or let's see. I saw one of the guys put up that it was Dean Rojas that got the hook in. Jim Collins put that up. Yeah, and, that's the one I saw. And I, I it looks like my boy Brandon Card was the other person. It was Brandon Card. Yeah, Brandon Card. Because I yeah. talked to him about it the other day. Yeah, I saw that too. And uh dude, that that's just part of the part of the business, you know. They they just oh well, got a hook in. We got to get it out. Yeah. But it is funny. At that moment when you got to take that hook out, everybody does the same thing. Uh, uh, yeah. uh. You know, you you can try to be tough all you want until you got to take that take that point it's, out. It's a lot hook. higher pitch than that. It's a Yeah, lot. it's a lot higher. It is. It's Someone just higher. grabs hold of those things and, and that's uh, and I yeah. and and really what you said, Ed, if you've only had one or two in your your lifespan of fishing, then it's you're in pretty good shape. It's it's when it you know it depends on what kind of hook too. Like you use yeah. some of those ultra super crazy trocars. I yeah, mean, they, go, they go right through. I mean, they, they, there's nothing there. You use some uh -huh. of those crappy hooks, and you're like. <laughs> You're like this. It, you can see where it's like misplaced, and you're like this thing. It, I've actually had them where I've tried to yank, and the the hook starts to bend, and you're like, okay, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. But you know, crazy. Okay, well we we had we wanted to start this off because we don't know each other that well. No, and I, I, I do want to know more about you and the type of fishing that you like to do. And I know it might be a repeat, whoopsie, repeat for some pe some people, but people who are on my channel that don't know ab about you, uh, can can I do a little interview? That uh, this is going to sound odd because I've done enough interviews. Can I ask you some questions? Sure, go right so, ahead. So, how did you? Where did you get your passion for for fishing? At what age? And and was it your dad that took you fishing? How did you get started? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I I I think I'm. Not like a lot of really crazy uh, YouTubers, but the more I, I listen to guys and talk to guys, I realize maybe I'm more similar than I think. Uh, what I've always said, and I said this over on the Burley show because they asked asked me on on their show this question, is that I was not one of those guys that was born with a fishing rod in my hand. Um, I was born in Alabama. Uh, my dad was an electrician, but we lived in the city. We were, we were really city kids. You know, we, we played outside, we, we walked to school, but my dad was not an outdoorsman. We did not hunt. We did not fish. We, the only thing you did with my dad is work. And, uh, that's how you spent time with dad working. Mm -hmm. In fact, my brothers and I were talking about this cause I've got, I've got quite a few brothers and sisters. 
we were trying to think when was the last time we did anything fun with him. And we can all remember one time when we went camping with him and he showed us how to boil an egg in a, he made a little improvised stove out of a tin can. And we were just amazed. Holy cow. He's making a fire. He's building the stove out of a can. Did anybody know he could do this? Because <laughs> literally we'd never seen him have any fun in his life, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so, Anyway, when we when I was about ten or so, we moved to Missouri and and, and a farm, and uh, that's when I actually started doing some pond fishing and stuff with my brothers and buddies and friends. But uh, it was never it was never a passion. It was never something I was crazy about. My big passion as a kid was horses. Okay, I, I rode horses all the time. I had uh, we had quite a few horses, and my, I had one little fox trotter horse named Foxy that I used to ride all over the countryside and I uh, just loved riding horses. It wasn't until I got married, got a family, the kids were starting to grow up. And as the kids got into their teenage years and I could start slowing down a little bit of my job that I started getting into fishing. And the reason I did is I had a really good friend named uh, Jim and Jim's the one who's cr created my uh, Mr. Bass logo for me. He's a lettering artist, but he, uh, he would always talk about how much he loves fishing and what an amazing time he has fishing and what great, how great it is. And every time he talked about it, I think, man, I got to do that. I've got to get into fishing. I got, I, I know I would love it. I've just got to do it. So it's probably 15 years ago or so, something like that, that I really kind of started trying to get serious. And I was amazed at how quickly I got sucked in, just mm -hmm. mesmerized, engulfed. And then, uh, my buddy Dean, who's on the channel quite a bit now, he and I uh, were ki friends as kids and we fished farm ponds as kids, but same thing. He was never really huge in it. I was never really huge in it. We just did it for fun. So, but he and I as adults started fishing together and we, we started going crazy. And then he said, you know, we ought to start fishing tournaments. So then we joined a bass club together. We started fishing the bass club and that really just got me crazy on fire with wanting to do more and more fishing. Uh, I joined the Casey area bass masters up here and really loved fi fishing that those tournaments. And then I started doing a lot of other co-angler type tournaments on the BASS and the FLW co-angler fishing. Yeah. But now I'm really kind of backing off of that. You know, since I've gotten into the YouTube thing, I was spending tons of time making YouTube content and that kind of thing. I'm doing less and less tournament fishing. And I think I'm, I'm probably eventually going to completely get out of it. Yeah. Now, did you, have you taken your kids fishing with you now that, how, how many kids do you have first off and, and are they boys or girls? I've got three kids. Okay. I've got twin daughters. Okay. And I've got a son and they are all in their twenties. Now, does your, have you ever, have you ever went taken your son fishing or your twins fishing? I've taken them fishing a few times and they are just not interested. I can understand that. So, and, and, you know, part of the reason is because I didn't do it when they were small. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of lesson learned. And that's one thing I, I really admire about these young dads and moms who take their, their babies fishing, you know, that's how, that's how you create the Jordan Lees of the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, that the whole family's fishing and they're doing it from the time they woke up. 
I, I, I took uh, oh. Thomas fishing, fly fishing for, so we get a shad run that's really, really amazing here during the, like January through March. And there was a time when I would go shad fishing, fly fishing for shad. And, you know, they get 19, 20, 21 inches. They jump and everything. Well, I had this perfect spot under this bridge that I could take Thomas and he was still in it. It was, I mean, I was, I was pushing a little, push him in his little, uh, you know, trailer thing all over and i made a cast i caught one and i handed the pole to him thinking you know he's only like a year old but he's yeah. seen me bring in fish so he must know how to reel a fish in of course he got the rod in his hand and he threw the rod into the water <laughs> uh but since then he's now a, a pretty darn good fisherman i mean he's he swims like a fish to start off with but uh it's really uh, that's one of the things that's really one of my passions is making sure kids get introduced into the outdoors because i mean until covid hit there was there was such a drop in in young people or young anglers fishing that it was it was really ridiculous but yeah. now yeah covid's kind of helped so so the the kids don't like to fish that's all right does the wife fish by any chance no no, not at all. In fact, she's on here. She might interject. Here, here's one of one of her issues, and I tried and tried to get her past this, and she's getting a little better. But this is good advice for anybody: don't tell yourself you're terrible at it before you ever really do it. Yes, you know, she would get out there and she would say, "I'm no good at this. I can't catch a fish. I can't catch a fish. You're catching fish right and left, and I can't get a single bite." And I would keep telling her, "Look." She's I've got cursed. lots and lots and lots of practice. I can feel the bite. You may not be able to feel it yet. You know, you're getting bit. You don't realize it. You're not, you don't feel it. Just give it more time. Give it more time. More time. So see, she says right on here, cursed. cursed. I, I know. I uh, saw that. Yeah. She's not cursed. In fact, the last time we went fishing, which was probably, it was before the winter. So it was last summer or fall. She actually caught a few fish. And oh, Nice. Yeah, and uh, I think she even had fun. But, you know, trying to get her to touch the fish, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. They don't so, bite. That's what, I, that's what I, I keep telling Thomas is my 11-year-old. He just turned 11 just a few weeks ago. Uh, he catches them, and if they're small, he just and flips them out. It makes him do seven backflips, and, and that's it. Now, if they get you know, two pounds, three pounds, then it's daddy, I need your help. And it's like, why, why are we, why, why do you need my help on that fish? And not the, the, the 12 inch fish. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but my son can flat out fish a Cinco as good as anyone I've ever fished with. He can awesome. flat out fish a Cinco. And it's, uh, it, it, it's really crazy. Cause I get real sentimental and I get teary eyed when I see him. And then the competitiveness jumps into me and I'm like, look, I'm getting beat by my, 11 year old or 10 year old at that time i need to, <laughs> i need to start stepping up the game and, and and catching more fish did when you when you got into bass fishing and you you know you, you talked about the being a co-angler yeah. did you like look up to was there any like pro anglers that you just were really that you followed them really well or was it just you just enjoyed bass fishing in general and have you ever went saltwater fishing uh i've not done saltwater water okay. fishing the closest thing I've done is uh, Everglades bass fishing, which, yes. is not, which is not saltwater, but it's a blast. Yes. Uh, you know, that's so much fun. So, no, I haven't uh, I haven't gotten out and done uh, any of that. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've uh, 
I've really become crazy passionate about it. You know, there's a book out there called The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, a lot of guys probably haven't read it, but it's a fascinating book. And one of the things that he talks about, he 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 uh, um, spends a lot of time researching uh, kind of successful people and people who become incredible experts in their field. And he talks about the 10,000 hour rule. And some of you may have heard of the 10,000 hour rule and some of you have not, but this is a proven fact. Um, in fact, in the electrical field, you know, a journeyman electrician pretty much uh, before he can take his test needs a minimum of eight, usually eight to 10,000 hours before he becomes an electrician that uh, you can can't call a journeyman, a real pro, you know, and uh, it's something about this threshold of around 10,000 hours that really a person can become a master at about anything if they spend enough time on it. And uh, so if you're one of those people that are just like, man, I'm just not getting it or I've got to learn. One of the things Dean has told me many times, he's on here. I've seen him a couple of his comments. Like he said, his wife caught four bass the last time they went out. So that was good. But uh he has told me time and time again, there's so much to learn. There's so much to remember. You know, how do you remember every time you go out? It's like, well, what, how do you know what bait and how do you know, the, you know what to throw and what the fish are doing and all this kind of stuff? And you, 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 do, you learn it by practice. I mean, there's no other way. You For just sure. got to, you just got to grind through it. And uh, I've been amazed at how these, some of these younger pros have been able to, move themselves so fast up the career ladder uh, by the use of electronics and things yeah. that, uh, you know, because the, the one mantra that every pro has said for as long as I've been following it for years and years and years is it's time on the water. It's time on the water. It's time on the water. And then they get spanked by someone who has had a third of the time on the, on the water as them. You know, that's interesting. Well, there's, there's uh there's such a big difference nowadays. So when I, well, I I'm going to jump back. So when I, when we started doing the, the radio show, it was called Fish in Florida Radio. It was 12 years ago. Forward facing sonar was not was not out there. And mm -hmm. when you talk to all the when I talked to all the pros, Kevin Van Dam and and Ike and Ellie and all the people that I've talked to over the years, even people that were um, not professionals, Chris TV star Chris Pratt and all these people, it was always the time on the water didn't did was what made it like when Kevin Van Dam went to a certain place, he had all this experience on that body of water mm -hmm. and anybody who was, who never had went to that body of water just got spanked. Well, and that's Kevin, what Ike and Ellie did on the Delaware river a few years yeah. ago. Uh, I've got a great story about Ike and Ellie on that one. Um, but right. now nowadays that forward, forward facing sonar, those, those young men, like, well, he just won today. Jacob Wheeler and Justin Lucas and Jordan Lee and these guys who, who, I mean, if you ever watch, if you watch any of the bass fishing, they're just doing this. Yeah. They, their head doesn't ever come up. They're looking down and casting to a spot where that fish is. So that's made the learning curve like really change, really change quite fast because I mean, uh, I mean, look, it, Wheeler's got three different units on the front of his boat. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, that, and those, that, and you want to, those, those units are not cheap, man. <laughs> no, I mean, you're talking $25,000 yeah. worth of electronics sitting on a boat. I know it's, it's crazy. It's as much as the outboard motor costs. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you want to know what the crazy thing about the electronics is because they have three on their boats, they can't get a sponsorship from one of them. 
Yeah. So they're actually yeah. they're paying for, which is good for the industry. They're paying for those those products, and there's a lot of times that that uh, that doesn't happen. You know, most of the time guys are given a boat, and then at the end of the year they sell the boat, and it's called it's it's called memo billing, and they. Uh, they have a certain lot of amount of time to sell that boat. And when they sell it, they get another boat right away. So it helps the the dealer or the manufacturer definitely know that they got a boat. Boat will sell at the end of the year at a, a little bit of a discount. But at the same time, it's still it's still another boat sold. So yeah, that's yeah. always good. I saw there was a comment on here. I, I don't even know where it is. I can Who, go back, back here. Oh, his name was Who's Duncan? I have to. I have to just say, he said, "Saltwater fishing is too easy." Uh, pros do freshwater. Pros. Do, oh Here's my gosh! Comment. Here's this comment right here. Okay, I have to comment here. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, Who's Duncan? I love the comment, and and you want to know what? Everybody should be commenting, and if there's a question you have, we should be talk, we should be answering them. But I will. I would put money on it. I can bring you over to the Mosquito Lagoon and you can go out there and go red fishing and you would find out just how hard saltwater fishing is. Saltwater fishing, first off, saltwater fishing is, un I mean, your first, somebody's texting me, a smart ass comment, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, whoever just saw that. Uh, so if you ever caught a redfish, a, a slot redfish is insane fight and and no offense to i i'm a bass fisherman but i i love saltwater fishing but there's such a drastic difference in snook and uh, try to go bone fishing or try to go tarpon fishing that is a skill that really takes a lot out of you and you and well, it's it is tough fishing even red fishing i've watched these guys on youtube redfish and i'm surprised at how um tactical and stealthy they have to be to actually get uh you know if they if they're seen at all by the redfish that they're not going to get a bite and uh, it's really interesting how they stand up on these platforms and they try to cast as far as they possibly can and the water's crystal clear and uh it 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 uh it it, it really takes some skill from what i've observed obviously i haven't done it, it, it uh, a redfish uh you know the there's its face is is his mouth is on the bottom of his face so they they're not really good at topwater baits but a redfish uh i mean you can't when you get on a flat you can't if you make a cast and you lean a little bit that pressure that you put on the the water actually spooks redfish to lift up and take off because they 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 know you're there where i mean uh -huh. bass just are just they're like I consider bass like cobia to be honest. Bat, uh, cobia are really, really stupid fish. I mean, really stupid fish. They come right up to the boat, and all you do is drop a, a jig right next to them, and the next thing you know, you got them on. Now, once you get them on, then you're in trouble. But bass are a lot like that. But I mean, there's so many places to go bass fishing. Bat, that's why bass fishing is is so um so great. The other thing is is bass fishing. Uh, is like 80% of our market of sales of lures and rods and everything. Bass fishing, if you're not in, if a lure company mm -hmm. doesn't make a bass lure, they're really kind of striking out on the market. Uh, so it's really, so it's really 80% of the market, huh? I think the ASA thing said it was 79.7 last year. Wow. Uh, and I think 
uh, fly fishing was 1.3 of that. And then the rest of it was saltwater fishing. So uh, bass fishing lures dominate bass is bass. I mean, you don't see red fishing tour tournaments are, they have some down here, but they might pay, you might get a boat or a, a ranger boat where uh -huh. Jacob Wheeler won a hundred grand today. on major league fishing. Yeah. 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 It's, it's definitely the, uh, the driver of it, isn't it? Of all yeah. the uh, endemic sponsorships. Yeah. Yeah. Especially over the last year with all the money that's come in from everybody going fishing. I had a, I had a, one of the things from ASA somewhere around here. I probably threw it away that just that talked about how, how many more fishing licenses have been sold in the last uh, 16, 18 months. Cause people are getting outside and going fishing, which is trying to, trying to go to the lake on a Saturday during this oh. last year of COVID was insane. And, and then during the week as well, there'd be just so many people out. Um, yeah. I, I was telling uh, my buddy Jim that I, uh, uh, or Joe that I fish with a lot, man, I'll be glad when this COVID thing's over. So people start going to work and I can get back on the water. <laughs> but I, I have a pond that I call it Lake EA. It's for, I call it Lake Ethan and Annika. And before COVID hit, it was as good as any place you can go fishing from the bank, pond fishing, that kind of stuff. Now I go there and I'm lucky if I catch one fish because there's so much pressure more pressure over that pond that's happened in the last, you know, 24, you know, 18, 20 months. So what does this question mean? Why all the lame sparkles on bass? So I don't know who banana buoy is, but I, I'm, he and I must, he, I think he just became my best friend. I, I used to call, uh, I used to call bass boats cause I had a flats boat. I used to call bass boats, glitter boats. Cause I always wonder why, why do they have, why do they have all this sparkle on them? Yeah, you don't want glitter. the fish to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. now we're seeing an insurgence of of aluminum boats in 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 we bass are, fishing, which is yeah, unbelievable. Jason Christie just Jason Christie just jumped over, dropped a uh, ranger after what twenty years with ranger, something like that. And how good is yeah. that, a guy? I, I know oh, Jason. Yeah. I I got to be his. Uh, marshal for one of the classics like five or six years ago i wasn't a marshal i was a media marshal okay and uh and and quite honestly that guy just is in a different mindset of than almost anybody i've ever been on the boat he doesn't want to talk to you he doesn't want he wants to he's focused tunnel focused on fishing and being the best and he fished he did he did some things that i mean i've got so many stories i could share with you it's it's not even funny I mean, he, he was absolutely ridiculous fishing and how he was, he was meticulous on doing things, going down a stretch and fishing with one lure, turning back around and fishing it with another lure, turning back around and doing it another way, like seven or eight times. And every time he caught a fish on that bank on a different lure. And I was like, what is going on here? This guy's the greatest. Uh, He's but, amazing. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. So this, okay. is true. this is true for lures too, Dean. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, hold on. <laughs> uh, they're right here. I'll take one out. Oh, you don't want to see that color. Jan's got, got, a, Jan's got a question for you. What is Jan's? What, what's your favorite fish to catch? Jan's from Puerto Rico. He's one of oh. my steady subscribers. Jan, he, he's a love my man. wife. Uh, my wife is from Puerto Rico. Mm. Um, he's a saltwater fisherman he sends us his saltwater picks on a regular basis oh cool that's awesome 
Uh, my favorite fish to catch is a snook. I am a diehard snook fan. I've, I think they're they're absolutely ridiculous. I like skipping baits into the mangroves and going after them. Uh, and I don't, I call using bait cheating, but I understand if you have to, like when I take Thomas fishing, uh, yeah, that's sparkling. Uh, that's a good comment, by the way. Uh, uh, so I, I like, uh, going, oh, all pretty, pretty, he's pretty I, funny. I like going snook fishing. Uh, I have, I hey, how about this? I, I can't throw it, throw you off there. Oh yeah. I saw your post on this today, this crazy looking bill. And I saw your oh, question, yeah. like, would you fish this? And to me, I think that, no, that looks ridiculous, but, uh, it's a square bill. It's, uh, it's probably going to work. You know, I don't know what I can give this away. If you want to Heck <laughs> somebody, yeah. they can give it to it. Yeah, I, I have, I have quite a few. <laughs> you know the answer to that, but don't say yeah. the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is I, I guess I could I guess I could get in trouble, but uh who cares? Uh, I'll 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 say I'll apologize later. This is the new square bill from uh Thunderhawk Lures. They sent me really uh, this many. Hold on. Holy cow. Look at that. Wow. I like I said, I don't know if I'll get in trouble for it, but I'll I'll just apologize later. So if there's somebody somebody makes something really good and you want to do it, I'll send we can we'll get a, their name and address and I'll send a couple uh I'll send a couple out to somebody okay. or something. I have um, I think there's some lipless crankbaits in there too, if somebody wants those too. Sweet. Okay, now you didn't answer my one you you, you kind of skipped okay, over one of the it? questions. What was it? I forgot. When you <laughs> when you started uh started getting into fishing, was there any pros that you really watched heavily? Was oh, there someone oh. that you really enjoyed? Cuz I'd like to know this because we are at some point going to get guests on here. Correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if there's somebody everybody wants to see, they can comment on there or email us or whatever it is. However, I'd like to know who you like cuz I'm going to reach out to that person well um i have always been totally enamored with kvd just because he has dominated like you know up until these last couple of years when you got jacob wheeler and uh the uh boys from auburn uh why can i think of his name at the moment jordan and matt jordan yeah i mean i can so say right now i'm not getting jordan and matt on the show i can yeah i would just tell you now that one does not. I might be. I could get mad on no problem. Jordan doesn't reply to texts. Interesting. He's mm -hmm. he's too busy fishing and making money. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> any anyway. Uh, KVD uh, absolutely just enthralled, amazed with that guy. And then I started doing a little bit of marshalling myself. And uh, one of the guys I just had a great time with, and I was super, super impressed with, was Brandon Polinick. Oh yeah, uh, I've been on the kid, boat with Polinick. Yeah, I have too. And uh, I was just amazed. I was a marshal with him on uh, Table Rock, and I was blown away with what a great fisherman he was. But not only that, just such a top-notch, above-board, amazing guy. In fact. Uh, you know, he got disqualified from a tournament, uh, up in Minnesota, I think that year that I fished with him. Uh, yeah. but, uh, interesting little story. I'll tell you real quick. We were fishing and he was zipping around and he had all, you know, he had his plan and everything and I was just riding, but 
after he got his limit and he got his kicker fish and he was, he was uh, kind of like the last hour or two, he was, he was searching, he was searching for fish somewhere. And I happened to just make an off comment. Like, have you tried here? Uh, you know, uh, just because I, I'm fairly familiar with Table Rock Lake and I fish it a lot. And I had noticed he had not fished the, any of these deeper cedar trees before. And that's basically what I said. Hey, have you ever, have you ever tried any of the cedar trees? And he goes, hold it. He says, stop. Do mm -hmm. not say anything else to me. He said, you're not allowed to give me any information and mm -hmm. do not give me any information. I don't want any information. And I, I was just impressed with how honest the guy was. And I was, didn't even realize I was putting him in a situation there where, you know, could have hurt, harmed him. Yeah. But, uh, he's a top notch guy all the way around. So I, I really, I've really enjoyed following him and watching him. And I learned a lot from him that day as well. Uh, uh so, I was on with, uh, I think it was Hartwell. I was his media marshal for the first day of the classic. And, uh, so for media people, they, uh, you can, you can pick uh, a group of five people that you want to go out and, and watch and cover and ask questions as a whole thing. And I, and I, at the time I had done, I was, we were starting to do a series called, uh, the drive. I only did two of the two things because they were really hard to, to, to mesh together. They wouldn't be so hard now to mesh together, but they were at the time. So the first one I did with Jason Christie and the second one I did with Brandon and uh, Brandon got me really good. I've talked about this on my show uh, on the fish and Florida radio for years. So it was, it was, it was seven degrees out and they, they got into Hartwell and they were, what they were doing is they were backing the boats off the, the, the trailers and they thought it would be smarter to back them up and then pull them out. And then they would, during this time, because it would take so long, the boats were freezing to the trailers. So uh, they were dipping them back and forth, back and forth. So we, mm -hmm. we were in probably a two hour delay, probably maybe even longer than that. Mm -hmm. So I, I get, I was supposed to be with somebody else. I get kicked off his boat and then they say, who's your next person? I say, I want to go Brandon. So I, I get up, I see Brandon. I'm like, Hey, I'm your, I'm your marshal for the day. He's like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be so good. I love having my friends on the boat. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll shoot whatever you need and we'll, you can use it for videos, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I get on his boat and I'm like, now I had borrowed Patrick Sabil's ice fishing gear and Patrick is about seven inches shorter than me. So his, his, his pants were seven inches short. It looked like I was waiting for the, the great flood. <laughs> so I get on this boat and I say to Brandon, I'm like, dude, how far are we going? And he's like, put on everything, Steve. Now I put on two and three layers of, of clothing, the ice mm -hmm. fishing gear, two hats, two pairs of gloves. I look like I'm fat already. I look like the Michelin man. I can't <laughs> even put my arms down yeah. because I'm, I've got so much stuff on. <laughs> we finally get going. Brandon, Brandon. Now I, I, at this point in time, I realize Brandon, something's going on here because Brandon only put on a jacket and I'm like, why are you? It's freezing out here, dude. So the next thing I know, he gets up, he goes 45 seconds. He like goes right over to where it's safe spot, puts down the boat, hops up front and he goes, we're here. <laughs> and I'm like, why would, you, why would you do this to me? And he's like, oh my God, I've been, it's so funny that you would do this. Uh, 
you know, and I'm like, okay, dude, you're killing me, man. You're killing me. But he, he, we laughed about it the whole time. Every time we see each other, he's like, dude, you need to borrow this from Patrick again. I'm like, okay, no, 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 I'm not doing that. Uh, so crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. I, uh, I know Mark answer this one for Mark. All right. I will. Um, one of my favorite old school lures is actually the wiggle wart. Mm. And, uh, if you watch me, I talk about the wiggle warts a lot and I'm kind of crazy about the wiggle warts, not just the fishing aspect. I just kind of love them. I've just kind of fallen in love with them. And I think they're unique. They're beautiful. The the older ones are rare. Mm. So I really like those. Uh, I would not say that's a go-to when all else fails sort of lure though. Uh, because when all else fails, I am going finesse. I'm going to start throwing some sort of a finesse lure, whether it's a Cinco or a drop shot or a shaky head, a Ned rig. Uh, that's what I'm going to go to when, uh, all else fails. When nothing's working, I'm going to go finesse. So do you have a certain color that you like to fish over others? Um, not really. Uh, I, I usually tell this a lot when I'm asked a question about what's your favorite technique or what's your favorite color or what's your favorite lure. My answer is always, it depends. And it depends on what the conditions are at the time and what's going on and what they're biting. And uh, so I'm generally speaking, though, I probably fish more natural colors than than anything, you know, mm-hmm. the green pumpkins and the uh, up here in this part of the world, uh, I throw a lot of June bug and, okay. you know, some people do and don't throw June bug, but, uh, that's definitely, definitely, uh, one of my go-to colors. Do you have, does, is the, the places that you fish, is it more, is it clear water? Is it cloudy? What is, well, it depends because I, uh, fish, you know, we've got some pretty clear water reservoirs here like table rock. And uh, Lake of the Ozarks is still fairly clear. Um, but I fish a lot of other, one, I love to fish. I've got a kayak and I love to fish ponds. I love to fish little creeks and streams. I love to fish smaller lakes. And a lot of those are pretty dirty. Okay. So, you know, that's why I say it depends. When I'm fishing a really dirty, like uh, I was fishing this lake a few day, a few weeks ago called Rocky Hollow. And that was just a solid pool of mud water it was just dis- disgusting all right so you got to use dark dark baits yeah yeah you know black and blue is pretty much all i threw out there um but uh, so i do i'd say i do a variety i don't have crystal clear water other than uh probably table rock is the clearest uh area yeah we have we have a lot of dirty water down here uh, <clears throat> yeah I, I have fished down down in your part of the world a few times and i, I was uh, in, impressed with the tannic looking stained color that I saw. It was kind of funny. Like one, one, uh, place I fished was the St. John's river. Mm-hmm. And I was really interested. Uh, in fact, I was fishing around where they had the tournament at, at Palatnik or Palatka, Palatka at Palatka. And the water there is very, uh, tannic. Yeah. It, it looks like tea, you know, yeah. I but call it diarrhea. <clears throat> But, but a lot of it was clear enough that uh, in, we were there in the springtime and you could see fish on beds in the water without a whole lot of problems. So, although it was this tannic color. So, yeah, that, that was, that was fun. And I knew do it you, for me. Like with your, your type of bass fishing, do you, um, do you, 
do you get how how big are the the fish that you normally uh, you catch and and like what is a big ma- a female bass on a bed weigh for you? Okay, in Missouri, uh, I was actually looking at this on the conservation's website a few days ago. In Missouri, a very large bass would be a seven pounder. Okay. Um, and so a five pound bass is a big bass here. Okay. Um, but you can catch an eight pounder, you can catch a nine pounder, you will catch a double digit every once in a while. Although I've never caught a double digit up here. I've caught, my biggest is just under 10. Um, but, uh, a five pound fish here is big. And, and I would say the people who are out fishing for fun on a regular basis are going to, they're generally going to be catching most of their fish are going to be in the one to three pound range most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And when is, when is the spawning season for you? Is it, I mean, is it going on right now? Yeah, or is yeah it- it's, it's going on right now. Uh, they've, we've already got spawning fish and then we've got some that are already spawned out and, um, we're the pre-spawns pretty much over here. We're real close to, to being over. I'd say just depends on, you know, where you're at and, size of the body of water and the temperature and lots of different things. But, and, and do you have smallmouth? Do you go smallmouth fishing? Well, I don't have any up here in the Kansas city area. Okay. Uh, but if you go further South, like table rock definitely has smallies. Um, but those table rock smallies, well, unless something's changed in the last while they're they're not, they're not like Lake St. Clair smallies, you know? Yeah. Uh, and they're not the dominant species in those waterways either. The dominant species are the largemouth. Most of those fisheries have largemouth spots and smallies. Yeah, we have we have largemouth stripers, and either they're called stripers or wipers. It depends on if they're they're dropped into like the St. Johns. Then they're they don't really uh, they don't breed. I mean, they're they're genetically injured, so they don't spawn. Uh, however, they get they get pretty nice size. You can get. I think a couple of years ago, I got one at, at like ten pounds. And some some people call them sunshine bass. We get some that people are like the sunshine bass. People claim that they get to eighteen twenty pounds. I've never seen that. But and I'll be honest, I don't ever target sunshine bass either. But we get we get some pretty big fish down here. But they're engineered and they eat year round, except when we have a cold front. And then during the summer. It gets a little bit, uh, they get a little bit, they, you know, they, they go after baits a little bit faster. So you can work top waters and frogs and, and all that kind of stuff. It, it's, it's a lot of fun down here. And I, and somebody mentioned, I don't know who it was, uh, mentioned something about black and blue. It, it if it isn't black and blue, I don't use it down here. That's the God's really? honest truth. Wow. wow. Uh, and, and, and really that comes back to being confident in, a certain color not that i mean if you talk to certain lure manufacturers they tell you stuff you know color really has nothing to do with what's going on with that bait it, it's the action of the bait that makes makes that fish react to it because yeah, I mean, what do you guys think about uh uh steve's comment get your fish on here color doesn't matter that's i mean he's not he's not saying exactly that but he is kind of saying that but he's, i I technically am. I mean, I've heard from five or six lure manufacturers that tell me that every time we we sit down. I mean, every time we have like iCast is just around the corner. I, at at iCast, I will. I'm talking largemouth fishing. I don't know about smallmouth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's wrong. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's gonna say I'm wrong. That's all right. But I, I've talked to. <laughs> I, I'm honestly. I probably have talked to. 
I bet you 10, 10 major major fake companies news. that fake news <laughs> who's Duncan's my favorite person now uh, uh that say that and but, it, what's, it, funny, but it, what's funny is dean and i were fit dean's on here he says wrong in big letters too he and i were fishing a pond we got a new he, we got access the to entire new, country disagrees yeah the entire country disagrees <laughs> who's Duncan? man he is he's witty he i don't know who he, he is but he's he's uh, got my love but uh Dean and I got access to a pond, a new pond. So we went and fished it and we were catching them on chatterbaits. The water was fairly dark and we were catching them on different colors. Then a couple weeks later, he went out by himself and he tried a lot of different colors. And the only color he could get a bite on was white. So I've had that, to be completely honest, I've had that exact same thing happen to me. I went to... I took my family to Georgia to Blue Ridge several years ago, and we and I bought a, a bought I rented a a log cabin on a private pond, and I got there, and the God's honest truth, I could not I could see bass everywhere, I could not get anything to bite, and I had a I'm going to throw out a name of somebody who's told me the same thing, it's uh, Raul from Monster. Um, monster 3x usa they make a real stretchable bait i called him and said hey i'm having an issue he sent me the ugliest purple bait i've ever seen in my life sent them to me overnighted them to me got there as soon as the bait hit the water i started catching fish now and i'm like is it is it it's got to be color but uh he proceeded to tell me or you know he was one of he's one of these people that say you know it's the colors are for anglers because once, check out, once this, check out this squid I got in uh, the warriors tackle box. Oh yeah. From chase baits. This thing is crazy. Look at the color on this thing. Yeah. Is I mean that, that, have you ever seen that bait work in real life? Those, those no, sides? no, I, I have got to try this thing. Cause it just looks amazing. So the chase baits makes a smaller bait of those that's for bass fishing. And those, those little side hinges, they flutter. As yeah. the bait goes down. Yeah, and it's called, uh, what do they call that? Um, wings. wings. They call yeah. them wings. Yeah. And, and the chase, the guy who owns Chase Baits is a really great dude. A really great dude. Every time they come out with a new product, they send me a bunch of them. And Crazy. <clears throat> now, out of curiosity, where are you going to use that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I <laughs> but mean, I got to throw it. I have got to fish with this thing. I have got to. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it. I'll just go out to my normal old fishing holes and see what I can see if it doesn't because I, I cannot resist this thing. Like you said, uh, color attracts the fishermen. I'm hooked on this thing. I gotta try it. I'll I, throw it in the bluegill pond. <laughs> if a bluegill speaking hits bluegill, that thing, speaking of the bluegill, six point three record red ear sunfish. You had to have seen pictures of this thing on social media today and yesterday. It was insane. Insane is even the word. I mean, that didn't even look like a normal fish. It was crazy. I was like, this cannot be possible. It, it, it didn't look real. Uh, yeah. I actually, I thought it was Photoshopped. Yeah. I actually blew up the photo as somebody who, does, who uses Photoshop for, for hours every day. I blew that thing up to check to see if I could see any lines around it and, pix, and pixelation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't see anything. I was like, "That is absolutely ridiculous." And they, and they say he's he's you know he's uh, being you know they're they're verifying it for the world record red ear, which it'll obviously be the world record. 
I can't imagine there's been a, I don't know. I, I couldn't even, I, I know there have been five pound bluegill before, so I, I don't know. But that thing looked enormous, enormous. I, I caught like a two and a half, three pound bluegill about four months ago. It ate, it swallowed a whole rattle trap. And when I caught it, I actually thought I foul hooked something. It was dark. And then when I got it in there, I realized that the, the, this little bluegill ate the whole rattle trap. And I'm like, I had to perform open heart surgery to get this thing out and save this fish. And, and it, I mean, it was a slab and I, and I think it was two and a half pounds at least. And, and, but that fish that this 6.3, that fish looked like he could eat some bass in the belly on that thing. It was, it was amazing. It was, it, I mean, it's just one of those things you'll never see the rest of your life. That, that amazing. Yeah. Uh, banana okay. buoy. Well, uh, sorry guys. We're not getting to a ton of the comments. I mean, this is actually my first show together with somebody else. And my MO is I usually read a lot of comments, but go ahead I and mean, read quick, some of them. I can we, take a break. I got my, my lemonade got, here. We got so much going on here. Uh, I've really enjoyed all the conversation. Uh, but uh, let me go back up here a little bit and just see. Um, yeah, pick somebody to give away that lure. Or the well, couple I, I think uh, I think we've got it. I mean, we already know who's who's uh, made the most uh, put put the most attention to himself. Who's Duncan has got to be the guy that gets your first. Uh, your first, I mean, he, uh, he and I just did become best Cuervo. friends. So absolutely. So who's Duncan? Congratulations, man! You get the first. You get the first Thunderhawk Square Bill. He's gonna get more than that, to be honest. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we got to figure out how to get information. Uh, get your info. Yeah, he, he'll uh, have to email us or something. And yeah, uh, I usually have guys DM me on my Instagram account. Uh, but sometimes guys don't have Instagram and yeah, just email me Steve at fishing Just make sure you say that you're who's Duncan. Cause I have no idea what your real name is. Right but on, winning. right on. And, cool. and make sure you have a, a proper address. Don't be sending me like some fake ass PO box from Timbuktu. I, I need a, well, I guess I could send it to PO box, but you know what it is. Three pound bluegill. Frank's fishing has caught a three pounder, man. That that's huge. That is huge. That is huge. Uh, what's just out of curiosity, what's your biggest bass? Did you say just under ten? Yeah, just under ten. What's yours? I mean, you're down in Florida, man. You you got any double digits? Four. I've got a few. Fourteen two four was my best one. Holy crap! Fourteen uh, two four. And that was uh, of all things. I I worked for the villages doing graphics for a couple years, and I had this whole idea of of doing a whole web uh, YouTube series called the quest, the quest to catch a 10 pounder on video. And that I went and awesome. I went and did all these staging of, of stuff and putting cameras everywhere. And it was during spawn season. And the first place I went, I saw it right underneath the tree branch and I made one cast and it thumped it as soon as it hit the water. And I had no cameras running. Didn't think anything of it just was, you know, in my own tunnel focus. Yeah. 14, two, four. Wow. And then really went, okay. Yeah. I need to give this up. That is amazing. Yeah. Those villages lakes are. Yeah. Well, the, the problem you want to Baba banana buoy. I don't know who you are. 
I hope you're Baba Booey. Uh, the villages, they're, they don't let, they don't, you know, most of those people don't fish because they're scared they're going to fall in the in the lake and then drowned. So they don't let you, they don't want you to fish those ponds. I was not afraid of that because I can uh, swim. Uh-huh. And uh, I caught a lot of fish out there. Well, I've been down there. I told you I went down there and fished the Everglades. Um, and the gators were everywhere. Mm-hmm. They were everywhere. And I, I mean, there's no way I would get in that water ever. I mean, I wouldn't, it, 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 it kept my focus. Let me tell you the whole day uh, I was actually, I fished a few days down there and they're everywhere. I'm amazed at how aggressive they are towards the topwater baits too. Oh yeah. I mean, they, they will come after a topwater lure. Like you wouldn't believe it was really interesting. Any other, I see. Um, I, I don't I I think uh, for the most part we've we've gone past most of them that pop tart and cake pop says said he would he would wanted to purchase one of those boxes I made for you so if you don't mind I'll make another one for you I will send it to you and then during not this one but the next one when it's on your channel why don't you give that away or figure out a way to give it to give it away i'm not making that thing though i'm that took me too long to do Yee, get your fish on mission i'm keeping this thing forever man this is cool i'll make it's the too same bad. it's too bad the youtube's faded there but that's you, all right it's still see, awesome do you see where it says sorry yeah. my printer died <laughs> yeah this is what it says here uh the ink ran or something uh printer died sorry yeah but but i'll make it and then cool. you can if you want to figure out how to give it away by all means Okay. Just, just yeah, I'm. I'll make it because I think I have extras of. I think everything. Yeah, that was an awesome, awesome box. I think the guys were blown away with how many lures you can get at wholesale for fifty bucks. It yeah. was. Uh, it was impressive to say the least. Well, I mean, I've. There are there are a few benefits from doing a radio show for twelve years. And no doubt, no doubt. I cast and doing the classic and all the stuff that I've been able to do for the years and the people I've been able to meet and that, and hopefully we can bring that to this between you and I, and I'm, I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Hey, Matthew, I know you're from uh, Puerto Rico as well. I saw that comment go by. He said, don't forget me. I'm from, I'm from, uh, I'm from Puerto Rico as well. Oh yeah. So love my Puerto Rican guys. I, I am amazed uh, because you know, there's not a lot of freshwater fishing, to my knowledge, down there. Do, do, do you know much about that? Uh, since your wife's from from down oh no, there? no, I don't. I mean, she wants us to go to. I, 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 she wants us to go to to Puerto Rico, but uh, she doesn't. She isn't really a. She goes fishing with me to lay on the boat or to sunbathe. Gotcha. Uh, she she enjoys fishing, but she doesn't enjoy fishing. And and yeah. I don't. This is something that's going to surprise you. I don't eat fish. So every fish I catch, saltwater, freshwater, whatever it is, they, it goes back into the, the water. So why don't you eat fish? Is it? Uh... So I grew up in Michigan, and my dad butchered, and I don't mind saying it. My dad butchered fish. He made it so they tasted terrible. <laughs> uh, they were overcooked. They were overbreaded. They, I mean, you might as well have just eaten a piece of rock. Really? And since then, I'm not. I still can't get over it. And I and there's certain fish like when down here when it's cobia season or 
if I catch a pompano or something like that, I will bring that home because they're really light fish and, and stuff like that. But if I get an oily fish, as soon as I get oily fish, it's like, it's like, I mean, this is going to sound crazy. It's like drinking a beer for me. I don't drink it all either. And it, and it just makes me want to vomit. Yeah. And yeah, I don't drink either. So that's interesting. Uh, okay. Um, we're at about an hour and I thought, uh, we're at 56 minutes, but I thought since we're about, uh, this far in, I ought to stop uh, and just tell you guys one more time about our format. Uh, because when I was talking about it before, we had a lot fewer people on. So the Mr. Bass, get your fish on podcast live show that you're watching right now is going to be every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. And we're alternating each week. Uh, the live stream will be either on the Get Your Fish On channel or the Mr. Bass channel. We're on the Mr. Bass channel tonight. So next Wednesday, we will be on the Get Your Fish On channel. And uh, we just want to let you know so that you're not lost. So how do you make sure you don't miss a show? Subscribe to both channels. Subscribe to the Get Your Fish On channel. Subscribe to the Mr. Bass channel and hit that notification bell and as soon as we go live, you're going to get a notification that says, hey, they're going live now and you will never miss a show. And we don't want you to miss. We want you to be here. We love having you guys on. And as John said, don't forget to leave a like too. Right on. Like like the show. Like it. Even if you don't like it, like it. And, and we're going to have, some, um, Mr. Bass and I have talked about, I have some, some things I can, I can give away every week. We have some, we have, you now have product sponsors, by the way, Mr. Bass, just so you know. So, uh, you can, we'll, we'll figure out how to do it. There's, there's, we can give away some extra stuff every week just to say thank you to everyone. In all honesty, Jan should get the first prize pack, to be honest. I mean, he was the first one who commented. What? He was the first comment. You're right. You're right. So if you have Jan's, excuse me, I, I burped. If you I have Jan's it. information, text it to me, and I okay. will make sure that uh, his name gets brought to uh, Mirror Lure and DOA and uh, Monster 3X. And who's the other people? There's Perfect. like seven. There's like seven. Starbright, Startron. Sweet. Uh, there's a bunch of them. A Bass Assassin, Culprit Riptide. And a couple others, so he'll get he'll get one something from all those guys probably. Excellent, excellent. So, what's your thoughts on Livingston's technology? This is funny because Steve, you and I were actually talking about this just the other day versus <laughs> live targets, lifelike lures. And, Look, just uh, out of curiosity, Mark uh, Mark is going to get me in trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think? What do you think? Get your fish on. So. I'm going to, I'm going to have a little spoiler here. I've worked on, this is God's honest truth. I've worked on a video about frogs that Mark gave me the idea for, for over 14 months. He said to me, it would be really good for you to do us, do a comparison for three frogs. I, of all things, I used a Livingston lure frog. I used a, a live target frog and I used a, uh, not snag proof. It might be snag proof scum frog. Oh yeah. Scum frog. And over 14 months, if I know a place that has 
that there are a lot of frogs and I know I can catch them. I take those three lures with me and well, I have as far as the scum frog, do you use the very basic one that has absolutely no nothing on it? It's it was three dollars and ninety-nine cents. Yeah. So if you guys aren't aware, like the scum frogs, they don't they're shaped like a frog, but they have no eyes, they have it's no patterns. Cheapest thing I could solid, find. They're just a solid color. Cheapest yeah. one I could find, and what I and I have it named the the video, which at some point I'll do is is actually named, uh, is it worth it worth it frogs, uh -huh. because they go from a four dollar frog to a twelve or thirteen dollar frog up to a sixteen dollar frog, and um, oh. I can tell you I'll get this is gonna be foreshadowing that scum frog absolutely annihilates. <laughs> the other two <laughs> i know it. the scum frog is great man it's awesome and and it's one of those the only problem with the scum frog the older scum frogs is they are very light and yeah. they don't cast well um but other than that they are great fish catchers and so what what scum frogs done lately is they've upgraded you know they've created the launch frog yeah it's a much bigger frog it's a heavier frog it casts a country mile and that's yeah. become my new favorite frog actually the uh the launch frog by scum and somebody over there in their marketing department has said we ought to start putting patterns on these things and, and they, they're start they're starting to make them look like frogs they look uh, really good they look they really look good. great they look I great fished, i fished with uh the owner of scum frog uh several years ago uh, with Brandon, oh, I don't even know his last name, uh, at, at an ICAST cup. And we used, he had a bunch of those scum frogs before they were being released. And he was like, take all of them. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want, I don't, I'm one of these people that I, it's, I love that you, you want to hand me something and give it to me. But then I feel like if you give me something, then I have to talk about it. And I'm not sure, you know, do I like it or I'm not going to like it. Yeah. And, uh, but he, one of the nicest guys in the whole world. And, uh, but the scum frog, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of fish catching in all three of them. Uh, well, there's two of them that catch a lot of fish. Let, let's just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, there's one that doesn't do as well. I'm mm -hmm. not going to give away that, but the scum yeah. frog, the scum frog's going to right now is going to win the win. Speaking of frogs, uh, the new Vega frog by six cents lures. Uh, a lot of people are talking about how it is a fish catcher, but the hooks don't hold the fish. Uh, I've seen comment after comment after comment of frustrated fishermen who say they, the fish actually love these baits, but we can't get the hook to stay in them. I agree completely. And uh, that's that's interesting. I mean, they're going to have to take that. So, <clears throat> hold on. Uh, you're going to see some stuff. Who cares? Can't get in trouble. While you're so, looking that up, I'll talk a little bit about the Livingston technology thing. Uh, here's the thing about the Livingston technology. They have, if you don't know about Livingston lures, they have like a little circuit board inside each one. EBS. That okay. That's what they got. And it makes this electronic bait fish sound in these, in these lures when the it's water activated. So when the lure gets in the water, that's when it starts activating. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the pros, the Livingston pros are all about how great it is. Um, I really, in my own personal experience, have not noticed that it helps or hurts. Um, it, it may work fine. I don't know. The one thing I have observed, though, and, and this is one of the reasons I like following the pros, is 
the pros obviously have sponsors that they need to they need to support and they need to and they need to push their products and they you know that's that's critical it's part of their livelihood but you will notice very quickly what stuff out there really works well when you see all the pros using it whether they're sponsored or not and uh i i just have not noticed uh tour wide uh, as far as the pros go that every tour out there a tour pro out there has has a secret livingston lure tied on somewhere because of the the amazing technology um so they don't I mean, there okay. are people that make that that work. That 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 EBS system actually, it's that technology is amazing. You can actually make it change to four different sounds. Uh, it, mm -hmm. it has four different patterns. If you well, this isn't one of them. But if you were to put your finger on the front and then at the back where the hook was, you'd it would it, it can cycle through the sound that you want it to use. The sound is very faint, but in the water, it's it's a lot bigger. Mm -hmm. I have not had a lot. I mean, you and I talked about this. I have not had a lot of success with Livingston lures. Um, I have, I, I have some of them here, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those, I don't want to say it's a gimmick because it, I know, I know Randy does, Randy Howell used it and yeah, won the classic yeah. on that one. Um, but it's, it's I really, I think he was throwing the DT a lot more than he was that one to tell you the truth. Well, no, no. On and in, in that classic, he threw that, that Livingston. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I remember him throwing it. I remember him throwing I it. I was there at that day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and Randy's just a one of the best dudes in the world. You're not kidding. He so, really is. So uh so and then the lifelike lures, I mean, those catch us more than anything. No offense to live target or anybody. So this is not a Vega frog. Let me just state that. This is the new uh Spro Popper. It looks uh, a lot like the Vega. It, it does, but you want to know what the problem with the Vega is, is see how those hooks, I don't know if you can see those like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the it. Vega frog as I mess this one completely up, the Vega frog hooks actually are at a little bit too open of an angle. So there isn't as much of a gap here to hold your fish. So when they're up a little bit there, it's not, it's not exposing the hook, getting the hook inside there, the fish's faces as much. Uh, but the, the Vega frog has a really ridiculous action. That one I sent you, yeah, what, 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 that was the Molex frog, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the Molex frog, right? Yeah, I don't think, in my opinion, I'm, the Molex frogs is the best walking frog there is on the on on the the, the face of the earth. I haven't uh, tried that one yet, so I'm, uh, I'm and that one I'm only because it. only because it has one uh, you know silicone skirt in the back that it yeah. helps it dart better. Uh -huh. the, yeah. the two kind of make it go like this. I don't think I've got it over here. I could show. I've it got like the frog. I'm, I'm like frog central right now. I've got this new fish arrow frog. I, I mean, this is my bag of things that I got a skirted rat. Nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's another frog here too. What is this one? The Nori's frog. I got somebody, they, they sent me a bunch of Japanese frogs this the last month. Wow. I'd love to try out a Japanese frog or two. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send these to you when I'm done with them. Okay. You can have, you can have them. And then I got my dragonfly right here. This is my uh, topwater uh, drone bag. Do you throw a dragonfly a lot? So I down here we have giant dragonflies. Yeah, I've seen them. I mean they're they're like like this big. Yeah. And uh, you'll see in certain ponds where bass will stage themselves under the water 
and wait for a dragonfly to sit on like a like a piece of weeds or something uh-huh. just for a second and a bass will come up and jump out of the water and eat that yeah that yeah. that dragonfly and so i don't throw a lot of dragonflies um but that one is a i don't know i i take it out it's a custom lure from uh captain ken and it's arguably the best dragonfly i've ever seen in my life and this guy doesn't make many of them a year and and they're just i'll get it they're it, it has notes on what you have to do by the way which is really yeah but i'll show you look at look at this thing i don't know if you can see it oh geez wow but i don't know if you can see there i can see that is amazing look do you see the detail in the wings yeah this is tape by the way that he goes in and draws that wow so uh i would assume that if a fish really kills that it's going to destroy those wings yeah Ah, okay. You, you must there buy you spare go. wings. There we go. Now you're talking. That looks awesome, man. I, I love stuff like that. Speaking of crazy stuff, let me show you a custom lure I got in the mail the other day. See what you guys think of this. Holy cow, dude. Who made that? Oh, I this love is, the eyes. This is a wake bait. You guys know what it is. Somebody on the channel got to know what this is. Dude, that's a giant. Uh, what giant do you think bait. of this? Bluegill imitating wake bait. Dude, that's awesome, actually. I want to see if anybody gets it on the... Uh, see, this is the kind of stuff I might do on my channel is I might put something up here and say, first one, first one that can tell me what this is gets a prize. So let's I, see. Let's I have one of those here. lures. All right. What's the name of this lure? If you can tell me the name of this lure, you get your first one to get a prize. Don't tell me the company that makes it. Uh, somebody's got that right. But what's the lure called? Is it the Tater Hog? Tater Hog is the company that makes this. Oh, okay. That gives you the chance. That gives you the name. But what's the lure called? What do they call this lure? We I got no the grouper. We got the grouper, the wake air. Eric Brewer, you got it, dude. What is is it called? Hockey Mama, Hoochie Mama. Hooch- oh he my gosh, it wrong, but I don't hold a, hold spelling against a guy. Hoochie Mama, that's what they call this bait, wake bait. I'm not allowed to say that word. <laughs> uh, well, we're not. We're just repeating what it's called. We're repeating what it's called. So I could get a- in so much trouble right now. It's the Hoochie Mama. Congratulations, Mama. Congratulations, Eric. We'll send you a prize. We'll send you a free prize pack of something. Yeah. Is that crazy looking or what? I I just got this, so I haven't tried it, but I got to go fish this thing. It looks awesome, to be honest. The reason I got this is because uh, Chris Zaldane on the latest uh, tournament was fishing a big swim bait made by tater hogs and so i went to look at their website at what other stuff they had and this is something that they had how expensive was it out of curiosity it was a lot 145 dollars. shut your mouth shut up (laughs) yeah is that insane or what So, so do you remember 
this could be another a whole another episode to be honest i mean this is in fact i just made a video about this and some others and this is the question i asked is is this is custom handmade the dude spent several days making it he says that it takes him several days to make one lure which is probably why it cost charges so much money but in your come on is it really worth that really uh i don't want to disparage the company because he, he apparently no, makes beautiful lure. He, makes, he apparently makes incredibly beautiful amazing unique stuff and there's a ton of anglers out there who swear by these things and they say they're incredible fish catchers you know what i did say is if I'm Chris Zaldane and I'm competing with guys that are all throwing the similar lure, like that swim bait he was throwing, I want something a little unique that might help me win a hundred thousand dollars. It's worth paying two hundred dollars for a lure if it if I think it'll give me an edge. If it's going to give you an edge, it is worth it. But fishing for fun, like I do, one hundred forty-five dollars. Holy cow! I have one of those baits. Do you remember the guy uh, like three or four years ago? He got called out for cheating in bass fishing tournaments. He was snagging fish. I don't remember yeah, his name. Mike Long. I have one of Mike Long's, uh, one of his, one of, he only made 77 lures. I I had Mike on the show before all that, that yeah. stuff happened. Yeah. And he sent me one of his custom hand, you know, he, he had to he had to tank test it and do all sorts of stuff and he sent me one it's on my up there uh and i've thought about just giving it away because i'm like I, i'll never fish it to start off with because i've lost a couple uh prototype lures that got me in a lot of trouble a lot of trouble yeah yeah um and so that was one of those that's just it was so expensive that i'm just like i don't i don't ever want to lose it but yeah yeah you know yeah, uh, that that's it's crazy. Uh, you know the kind of money we'll spend for stuff like that, and uh, if you can really, if you can really kill it, that's uh, in a competition, it, it's probably worth it. Uh, did you get Eric Brewer's name down by chance, there, Steve? Since he just won, we need to send him something. Okay, Eric, I have, I have, who's Duncan? Eric Brewer, and Jan, and Jan, Jan Colon. Cologne. I have all three of those names down now. All right. Sweet. They need to email me or email. Somebody emailed me. Hold on. I'm going to check my email while I'm sitting here. Oh, no. It's Ticketmaster. I can put your, uh, I can actually put your email address on the screen here if you tell me what it is again. It is, or yeah, you can give that one that I sent you, ffrsteve at gmail.com. But make sure you send your real name, your address, and just be prepared that some of these guys it takes some of them like TTI Blakemore, Daiichi, they'll send it over, they'll send it the next day. You in most cases. Uh, Mirror Lure is really good at it at sending it right out. I can send it to your name to, to Z-Man, and but that stuff takes forever. <laughs> Z-Man is so far behind on sending stuff out, it's it's almost ridiculous right now. I mean, I can't get my stuff. Do you, if you pay that much for a, uh, a lure, like what kind of reels do you use? Do you use, are you a spin fan or are you a bait caster? Do you um, buy the high end bait casting stuff? Yeah, I pretty much do. You do? Um, most of my, uh, lures are Shimano. 
yeah. or Daiwa. I like the the Shimano Metaniums for uh, for my bait casters. Yeah, that's and the best out there. They're pretty amazing. They're, yeah. They really are. They're amazing. I love them. Um, but I also have some Daiwas that I like. And I've been through all of them. I, I, for certain techniques, I still have some loose reels that I absolutely love that um, I will use for crankbait fishing and things of that nature. Um, I also have a few loose uh, speed spool flipping reels that I think are excellent. Um, I've I've been through a lot of different brands though. I've been through a, a I went through an Abu phase for a few years. I don't have many Abu Garcia reels left. Um, one of the things that I used to really love was the Revo Premier because it had such amazing drag. It had a 23 pounds of drag, and for a bait casting reel, that's almost unheard of. Yeah. Um, a low, especially a low profile bait casting reel. Um, about the only Abu I have anymore is that red one. That's uh, a real high speed reel. It's called the rocket, the Revo rocket. Yeah. I like it quite a bit. Um, and then on the spinning reels, the same thing. I have Shimano's and Daiwa's mostly. Yeah. Um, so I, I will spend money on, uh, higher end equipment and, I've heard, I've heard a lot of the arguments, uh, you know, um, Alex Rudd, who's sponsored by lose now has kind of gone on this deal where he talks about how, um, he believes nobody needs an expensive reel because you can, you can do just fine catching fish on a cheaper hundred dollar reel or $125 reel, whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with that. You can catch fish on cheaper equipment. You absolutely can. Yeah. But there is something magical. There really is something magical about using a five hundred dollar reel. <clears throat> well, it, it, it's it, 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 it's mostly psychological. All right, it I, is. I'm, I'm willing to admit it. It's just like color. You know, it's just like color. <laughs> it's just like color. But there's, I there's just, a big difference. I in, love them. There's a big difference in the higher end and products and the in how they're how they perform and how the drag system is that's where you really see yeah. the the big difference in that mm -hmm. you know 49 dollar reel that you get at academy or uh, not lose but academy or dicks or whatever you go compared to that two three hundred dollar reel there's the drag is is the way they make the drag these days it's it's ridiculous the matanzas that that reel is or whatever metanium that uh that reel is is ridiculous. It's like for spinning gear. That's it's the Stella of spinning gear. Yeah, Stella yeah. is the ultimate. Well, I don't even know. I don't own either one of those reels. That's the God's honest truth. I, I I deal with a lot of Stratics and stuff like that. And I have a Shimano sponsorship. So uh, I like the Stratics. I have quite a few Stratics. It's one of my favorite. I think it's the best value spinning reel that Shimano makes. Is that yeah. Stratic CI four plus or whatever they call it? Yeah, that and it's so light. It, it's just it's one of it's those an amazing great. reel. It's an amazing reel in that 250, 279 range. I think is what that yeah. thing for. Yeah. Something like I that. got Eric. Eric, <laughs> I do believe it's you. I the, I don't need you to verify it, but I will. Uh, I will get. I will send your name out to um, a bunch of people, and you'll get you'll get some free tackle, man. That's a good question. Does the higher end stuff last longer? I think yeah. so. <clears throat> I I have my some of my three, $400 reels, you know, I've had 10, 10 years or more. Um, I think it depends on how you treat your equipment, mm -hmm. how well you take care of it, how well you maintain it. And, uh, 
And that being said, you can buy a hundred dollar reel. And if you take really good care of it, it's probably going to last you a long time, depending upon who you buy it from. Yep. Um, it's, it's all, it's all about how you take care of your stuff. That's it's like, um, if you ever talk to like the, some of the best tournament fishermen, um, they're meticulous about how they, how they take care of their gear, but they're meticulous on, on their, how they tie a knot. There is, there's, that's in, in my opinion, and being with, I've been with KVD and Iconelli and Palinic and Ott and tons and tons of great pro anglers. I can tell you the one thing that makes them, well, they're already better than me fishing wise. I don't have any problem admitting that, but how meticulous they are on not tying is absolutely insane. Yeah. I've noticed that as a marshal with the pros, these guys retie constantly. Yes. They retie after every fish they retie basically. Mm-hmm. And then they're retying just constantly booster. C, the green Corrado's 25 years old. I, I totally, I've got some of those old green Corrado's and they're fantastic. They are absolutely fantastic. Uh, John's asking what your favorite trout lures are, Mr. Chapman. So um, when I go, when I go out West to fish, uh, I, I'm a big try to hit the salmon fly hatch angler. Uh, I had, I had arguably the best day of my life fishing a salmon fly hatch, uh, fly and dry fly dipping it, makes sure it stays on top of the water. I caught, I don't even, I, I probably lost track of how many trout I caught. I caught brownies, uh, cutthroats, rainbows, grayling, everything just outside Yellowstone. It was, it was <clears throat> arguably the best day of my life. Probably. While it was the best day of my life fishing, it was, I can't prove I caught any fish because the guide I went fishing didn't know how to use my camera. So every time I would, I went down to, to, to bring up a fish, he had hit some setting on my camera, my digital camera. So he only took pictures of my ass for six hours. So I don't have one. This is this is not a joke. I don't have one picture of me catching any fish for six hours. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was that's it was horrible. Great, it was that's horrible. A great story. Uh, I didn't find it funny then. I find it funny now. <laughs> but it's someone kind asked of how, someone asked us how often we maintain our reels. The, the little b. I don't know about you, Steve. I, I do mine in the winter time, you know, about once a year. Uh, yeah, my, I'm I'm probably right around the same same. I, I'll be honest. If I have something that I if I have something that I don't like, I just order something else. Okay, here's a Sour. conversation. Here's a conversation <laughs> you and I you and I were talking about. We were talking about rods, but the same thing applies to reels. And this is this is something that you know. It, it, there's a lot of truth to it. Uh, yeah, some things, a lot of things are made in only a few plants. You got some plant and same with lures too. There's just a handful of companies that are making everybody's product. And, uh, <laughs> it's just the reality of manufacturing in, in our world today. The um, reality but- is like, um, uh, how, I, I, did I, did we talk about this? I don't want to get myself in trouble on this. Yeah, we did. We did talk a little bit about in generic terms. Uh, so, I'll, I'll, I'm just going to be honest with y'all, as as much as I know, there are a lot of companies that all use the same exact company to make their lures. They go through the same plants, 
they they do the same things. And a lot of times they have walls in China of rods and reels and stuff like that. And there are people that go in that start new companies and go, you want to, I want that rod right there, but I want my name on it. And there's no research or development or any of it. They just know that they can go get that rod. In some cases, I know rods that are decent rods that are seven or eight dollars to make. Uh, and then there's other rods that are way higher end. It depends on the guides and that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so there is uh like there's only a few there's only a few manufacturers that do it. It's it's kind of crazy to talk about it and really you get we could go into really depth about it. But you want to know what the best way to do is I'll ask one of the lure, lure manufacturers to come on here and they'll admit they'll tell it to us. Yeah. I mean that'd be awesome. That would be interesting, wouldn't it, guys? Very interesting. Very interesting. Is there okay? Um all right. So what else do you want to talk about? Uh, I had a quite a few things down here. I don't think we've hit any of my stuff, but uh, you've been you've been asking some great questions that have kept the conversation going. Um, well, shoot one off. Why don't you tell the world how you uh, about you some and uh, where how you got your start? Because you you know you and I are totally different. I'm just a fisherman. Uh, that loves to fish and I'm creating content. Now you've got an entire career, a background in the fishing industry that goes way back. And I'm sure the guys, especially from my channel uh, who may not know you as well, would love to hear about that. So I, I, I got my, I started fishing when I was younger uh, because my dad, we'd go to a place in Michigan called Harsons Island and we, we'd fish and uh, we'd catch little perch and walleye and smallies and largemouth and all sorts of stuff. And, and I, I would go there during the summer and then I played basketball and baseball and that kind of stuff. And, and basketball and baseball kind of took over my life for a long time, but I still fished every summer, all summer. I'd go get mm -hmm. worms and, and just drop them down and catch whatever I could catch. And then we moved down here and I still played basketball and baseball. And I, but I had, I kind of gave up fishing for a number of years only because sports took over everything for me. And then, uh, I, I had to become a real, I had to become a real man. I had to, uh, I had, I had to man up and, and stop playing around and be, you know, just a, a sport person. I started, uh, I went and worked at AAA national office here in, in Florida and Lake Mary, Florida. And, and at that point in time, I needed something to kind of take my mind off of learning how to do graphics. And so I started fishing and, and I, at first it was all, it was all about saltwater fishing. That's the, the truth. Mm -hmm. My heart kind of, kind of still revolves around saltwater fishing. I really mm -hmm. get it. I love, I love going ditch fishing for tarpon and snook and, and redfish and trout, not so much trout, but redfish. And, uh, then several years ago, when, when I started doing the show, the radio show, I didn't realize how much, how important bass fishing was in the industry. I had, mm -hmm. I had zero clue. I mean, mm -hmm. it sounds stupid that, uh, that I would say something like that. I mean, even saying it makes me feel stupid, but I never realized how important bass was. And then, uh, I started doing interviews with anglers and then doing interviews with, uh, celebrities and stuff like that. And then, and then I thought if I'm going to, if I'm going to, if I need to know about this, I should, I should be able to bass fish a lot better. So then that's what got me back into 
somewhat bass fishing 20 some years ago. So you had your radio show for like, would you say 13 years or something? Yeah. Some, it was, I think it was, I want to say it was 12 or 13. Okay. We actually ended it when COVID started. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing like what we're doing now. Uh, and I was calling them live from the Casa. And then I was just getting friends on and, and doing the same thing I was doing, but it was interviews with fishing people or, uh, you know, yeah, I used to watch those. They were good industry people, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, in my opinion, I like, I enjoy listening to other people's stories about fishing, about how they got, you know, introduced into the world, Mm -hmm. uh, from, from, I mean, there's a great, there's a great tarpon fisherman down here called Andy mill, who is like, he's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but Andy's been fishing with the president, fished with presidents and to wow. hear, and to hear his stories about how he would go fishing and they'd have to clear out a stretch of Puerto Rico or where I don't know where it is. I think it was Panama where they had to <clears throat> section off eight miles and have secret service patrol this with helicopters <laughs> in the air and wow. he's flying on air force one to go fishing. And then they go fishing for three days with president Reagan and they that don't or president Bush. And he doesn't, they don't catch one fish for three days. <laughs> and, and Andy's Andy's an Olympic medalist for skiing and to hear wow. his stories or to hit hear foot palette stories and all those, all those people. I mean, uh, so I, I had, I enjoyed doing it and, and learning from some of the best. And well, this is why I reached out to you to collab and to, to create the show together because you've got so much inside knowledge and I really loved watching your uh, show uh, where, you know, and I was sad to see that disappear. I, I, I think uh, together we can do a lot of this kind of stuff and I think it's really going to be entertaining and interesting. Yeah, I agree. Fun. Favorite rod material, wind grip. That's the easiest question I'll ever answer. Yeah. You know what's funny for me? My favorite, absolute favorite, is on the St. Croix Legends Extreme Rod. And I got no idea what that stuff is. Uh, I wish I could show it to you if you don't know what it is. But go look it up. The the St. Croix Legends Extreme Rod, that handle is, I'm in love with it. I'm absolutely in love with it. It's not any of that. It's not cork or EVA or wind grip. It's their own proprietary stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, I don't have any wind grips, so I, I can't really speak on that. So most of the other stuff that I fish with is, is cork. I, um, I have cork on old trusty right now uh, that I'm, I'm using a different rod right now instead of the castaway rods. Uh, but the cat, all the castaway rods I have all have wind grips on them. I have all those. Okay. Uh, I've got some castaway swim jig rods, but they don't have, they've got, I think they've got EVA foam on them. I think. Yeah. I have, uh, they sent me a bunch of high, the higher end castaway yeah, stuff. Yeah. I've, I've had to switch. I mean, I'm, I talk about it in one of the videos recently. I'm, it's not that I'm switching brands. I'm still going to use my castaway mm-hmm. rods for as long as we're, you know, friends and the, the owner and I, but I need, I need a faster rod. So I've gone back to, a rod that is really old and doesn't even, they're not even on the market anymore. So, hmm. but they're ultra fast, ultra light rods. Interesting. Okay. Um, let's see here. What, uh, you were, you were kind of going on your fishing story there though. 
Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, now it's been, uh, you know, down here for for me, bass fishing is you can go to any pond in the state of Florida and there's a largemouth bass in it. They most like ninety nine point eight percent of the ponds retention ponds have a bass in them. Now it doesn't mean they're gonna have a ten pound bass, but they're gonna have a bass in them. So it makes it really easy to go to a swim. I have a son that swims that go from swimming to go. Like I, I took that picture for you uh, and just go right around the corner and make a couple casts. And, you know, bass fishing is I've had to, I've had to like, I, I should talk about it more. I I've had to learn as I do the videos and make content. I've had to learn how to become a better bass fisherman because uh, I've just had to learn how, how to do things differently or how to, yeah. Play, how to use a worm makes, I mean, most people go, oh, that makes no sense, but how to finesse rig a worm or mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And our waters are so shallow that we don't have like the, that lure. These ones run two to six <clears throat> feet deep. These new, what is this called? The A10 from Thunderhawk. That's that new lure. Yeah. Okay. So this, this two to six, it says, or three to, no, excuse me, three to five is right on the verge of that's about as deep as we can go. Anything over that will kind of, uh, it'll get just stuck in too many weeds. And you, won't, you won't enjoy that lure at all. So this is an interesting question. I don't know about the chip shortage, but uh, there's a lot of, uh, there are shortages over mass shortages over industries all over the place. And in my business, the commodities are just crazy. Any petroleum-based product you cannot get, and and you'd be amazed at the type of stuff that's made with petroleum. Anything plastic, it, it has a petroleum base, and so anything in plastics, you're you're going to see it affect and impact the availability on on a lot of items, and so without question, there are a lot of shortages that will impact. I mean, everybody saw. During COVID, we've talked about it on the channel about you could go into Academy Sports and they'd literally be empty. There would be Star. no there would be no lures anywhere, and some of that's coming back, but some of it's still that way. Uh, so I, I think you know, Steve, you can maybe talk on this more. But I, I I know there's I don't want to say the person the the company's name. I there's a major company that I heard was 140 thousand orders behind right now. Wow. 140,000 and not like it's not like a little company. This is a massive company and they're 140,000 uh behind in orders. I mean uh, there's there's been such a a problem with getting things in and now we're going to see I don't know if they've made it uh they've made it known to everybody but for media people Pure Fishing sent out a letter an email a, about a month ago saying all of our prices are going to go up 10% starting July 1st because they're having products bringing stuff in and, and prices are, are actually, it's, it's, it's costing more to make them. So, uh, you were going to see a, a price hike in like anything that's, that's pure fishing oriented and pure fishing just bought Plano. So come here soon. Planos are going to probably go up 10% too. Wow. It's, it's just how it is. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Okay, he's asking here the difference between fishing in Florida and Missouri. <laughs> and we've we've talked some about that today. Just the fact that uh, he, one shocking statement that Steve says is black and blue. That's all I throw, black and blue. 
Yep. Well, geez, I only throw black and blue when I'm in really dirty stained water. And I've got a lot of times when the water's clear. And, and so that's that in and of itself is, is a very unique. The other thing that you mentioned is shallow. I can go out to Table Rock Lake. It's 110 feet deep out there. Uh, you know, there's some deep, deep water that I fish. And you apparently don't. You fish very shallow water. Florida, it's it's all pretty shallow. I mean, Okeechobee is what, only like 15 feet deep in the deepest spot? At very best, 14 or 15 feet. Yeah. And you're not fishing that area, by the way. Yeah, you know? yeah. In, in Okeechobee, if you don't have clear, wa clean water, you don't fish it. That's just how it works. Dirty water doesn't work as well. You can catch fish in it, but the, those big fish are in are usually in cleaner water, and they want a uh, speed worm generally more than anything. Uh, you know, it's the fishing down here. I mean, it, it, fishing is everywhere. Is there's so many people on the water right now? That's the the biggest the biggest thing I see these days. There's yeah, just yeah. so many people, so much pressure. This is why I started fishing uh, tournaments as a co angler. I wanted to experience water and fishing areas I've never, I can't get in Missouri and, you know, like in Florida, like in Texas, like on the great lakes. And, uh, I I've learned a lot and experienced a lot by doing that. And, uh, you know, my personal thought was, do I really want to go up to the great lakes and try to figure out how to catch fish up there? I've never even been on the water. What? Well, well, I could go up and pay a guide. I could go up and pay a guide 500 bucks a day. Mm -hmm. Or I could just go pay $500 for a three-day tournament and fish with, if you know, fish a tournament, I might even win some money. Who knows? And I'll definitely have a fun and I'll learn a lot about it. And uh, that's uh, um, just been a, a fun part of the whole tournament fishing deal as a co-angler. You let someone else pick the water. You let someone else who's experienced with that body of water drive you around. It's it's almost like your guide. <laughs> you're competing. You're competing and he, he doesn't want you fishing his water. But other than that. It's I've sad. never, I've never done that. Uh, I've fished in a couple tournaments. I fished in a fly fishing tournament with my buddy, Mike, who owns tackle webs. And then I fished in a bass fishing tournament for the UCF real nights. One time we, I think we came in second place on that one, but I don't, the money we got, we donated back to the, the fishing, the, the college fishing team, UCF, I think. So, uh, but that what you're saying about co-anglers, I mean, we, we have that news that happened I don't know if it was Thursday or Friday of that yeah. another co-angler died. Yes. Uh, which makes like three and three years, I think. It's insane. Um, it, it is. Now, now the one that, that happened here recently, it sounds like it was through no fault of the boater. Yes. The pro guy. Where the other ones, uh, the, the, the guy driving the boat usually has some culpability. That's usually how a guy dies. It's some sort of a boating accident. And oftentimes it could have been avoided, mm -hmm. but, uh, this guy, and I've read several different reports about him. He's, he's an ex football player for, he played for the jets. He was actually, he played in some suit, a suit, at least one super bowl. He was yeah. actually very, very accomplished and very well known. I think he had like a 10 or 11 year season in the pros. So that, that in and of itself is interesting. He's 77 years old. And I heard two different things. One, I heard, he was actually on the dock trying to get on the boat and fell and hit his head and drowned. Oh, what, what doesn't make sense about that is they said it happened at like 10 or 11 in the morning. We'll take offs at like seven or six, six to seven, depending upon what time they take off. So that doesn't jive. The other thing I heard was that they were out fishing around 10 or 11 and that, uh, he 
he slipped and fell and, and, you know, went into the water and then couldn't be recovered. And <clears throat> they sent out a press release. Yeah. What's, what's this pre press release say about it? Uh, you're going to have to make, I've been on a couple of, I have been in, in some boats. Of course, these bass boats, they travel very fast. They're extremely fast. They're all trying to get to the same hole, be the first one there. And, uh, so it's hammered down and, uh, there are guys out there, even on the pro side, uh, at least on the level that I fish, which are the opens and the Costas and the, now it's called the, the uh, Toyota series. There are guys, all you got to do is pay your money and you can fish. And there are guys that do not know how to drive a boat. Uh, they just don't. And, the, and they're usually young and they got a lot of fire in their belly and they got no fear. Yeah. Put the hammer down. And I, I, I've had a couple of, close calls where um we're lucky we survived basically um i had one out at uh champlain uh, that guy was just insane all day long it, i mean champlain can get very very rough and it was one of those very rough days and we were flying out of the water all day long the boat was i mean we're not talking normal on plane out of the water we're talking in the air constantly you know just flying basically and I, I almost got thrown out multiple times that day. It was it was crazy. So I have the the I have both press releases. I'm going to put them in front of me, even though the camera's here. So it so on the 29th they they sent out, and Major League Fishing sent out the thing saying uh, a co angler competing in the Toyota <laughs> Series event at Sam Rayburn Reservoir died Thursday from falling after falling from the boat. The boat was not running when the co angler entered the water. Then it says Texas Wildlife recovered the body of the deceased co-angler Thursday afternoon. The incident is currently under investigation. Officials have not reached the angler's uh, involvement. So that was what the first email they sent out to media. Then the second one came out and told the identity of him. He was uh, His name was Pete Spencer, Layman's Jr., 77 from Houston, Texas. Was fishing near the St. Augustine Park area on the same same Ray, uh, Rayburn Reservoir when he fell overboard. Layman's was uh, Layman's was competing in, in the MLF Toyota Series. Yep. So it says he had approximately ten oh five. He had fallen uh, overboard, and that he called. There was attempts to save him, but they were unsuccessful, and that an autopsy was being ordered. And he would he went to the AFL Championship in 1968 and Super Bowl three in '69. Played 95 games from 1966 to 1972, and ended his career with 185 receptions for 2,300 yards and 14 touchdowns. So, yeah. So um, I read a bunch of those articles as well, and um, the, uh, there has been talk that it may have been a heart attack, but there's yeah. also there's also been talk that uh, he had just recovered. He had just had a surgery literally um, a, a week or so earlier, and he was already very weak that his uh, family tried to talk him into not going and fishing the tournament. And he was like, no, I'll be all right. And they think that just the fact that he was recently recovering from a surgery, that that, that kind of put him in a compromised position as well, especially with his age. And, uh, you know, so there it's unfortunate. It's very sad. Um, but it's good to hear that, uh, it was n through no fault of the boater. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
Booster C probably is dead on it. He was uh, the boat was not moving. He had and he had a heart attack. Booster C, who, who I fished with, that guy knows ten times. He's he's forgotten more than I will learn. Uh, he has all sorts of unbelievable knowledge. So I would imagine he's probably dead on it. He knows a lot. He knows a lot. Interesting, interesting here where Matthew asked, do bass boats have uh, seat belts? No, they don't have seat belts. No. I've actually listened to a very interesting podcast with Rick Pierce, uh, the owner, uh, uh, you know, the, the face of the bass cat boats. And this question was asked on the podcast. And he talked about the fact that at, in the, in the bass boat industry, they have experimented with seat belts over yep. and over and over again. They, they, because ideally, if you can find a way to keep a person strapped to the seat when a when a boat goes airborne, uh, that's actually a good thing. The problem is that uh, many times a, a boat will flip uh, or mm -hmm. or whatever, and then you're trapped in in the boat and you're going to yeah. drown. Yeah, they won't ever have seatbelts. They won't ever have right. seatbelts. I've right. been on a boat. Uh, I've been out doing the media marshal and and literally like grabbing the. I don't want to swear the. The oh crap are yeah. and like white knuckle in it. I'm holding yeah. on for so much dear life uh, because the boats just, you know, tail. I've, I've actually yeah. been out on, um, I have a buddy named Billy rotten. He's a captain up here in, in new Smyrna. It's a fantastic young man. He's got a, uh, a, a really shallow water. When we go fishing here, mm -hmm. we run in like three to four inches of water. Um, and I, and I tell people when, I, when I had my boat, if I tell you to hold on, you hold on. Uh, it doesn't mean we're going to flip, but we're going to be going over some shell beds or something that is going to be a little sketchy. And when you're looking down at it, it looks a lot less than it is. But I've been on on his boat, and we're, the only thing that's touching the water is the prop. That's right. And, yeah. and the boat's tail yeah. walking or going yeah, yeah. like this and then go. Chine walking, they call it. Yeah, and it's, uh, mm. it's, it's, it's scary. It really is scary. It is scary. Uh, I, I'm not really worried about a bass boat flipping, uh, although I know they can. I, what I worry about is just being ejected from the boat. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm right there you with know, you. Being ejected is a real possibility. I mean, all he's got to do is hit a floating log, hit a stump. Uh, you know, something something can happen where uh, a cable break, a steering cable breaks, or uh, you know, there's there's a, a, a plethora of ways in which a, a boat can immediately get you in a situation where you're ejected. Yeah. It and, gets, uh, it's, it's sketchy. It is sketchy for it sure. It, 85 miles per hour. <laughs> I, 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 I think I, I I'll, I'll tell a little story here. I was with Scott Siller on uh, Lake Toho not too long ago, like two months ago. And we were coming into a canal where it wasn't really a, there wasn't a lot of gap between each side. There was probably, I don't know, 50, 80 feet maybe at the most. So there was, mm -hmm. and we were in the middle of the canal. We were going 80 miles per hour. Someone passed us in a bass boat doing 119. Holy crap. I, when, I've, uh, about the fastest I've been is 80 miles an hour. I, I was on a tournament with a, a guy that had a bullet boat. On, on Gunnersville, and I was the co-angler, and and he got it up to eighty. He may have even cracked eighty a little bit. And luckily, the water was pretty stable that day, so it was a, actually a very smooth ride. And I, I've I've been a lot slower speeds and been a lot more scared than I was that day. Yeah, but, when this boat went by us, it looked it made us look like we were standing still. 
And it went by so fast and with not a lot of, you know, there was, there was not a lot of room between us and the, the bank. It went by Scott and us and both of us jumped out of our seats. Yeah. I, I, that's happened to me multiple times. Yep. I mean, the, it, the, the, the beauty, most of the time, the saving grace is that when a boat say, hits a wave or something and comes out of the water and you come up out of the seat, you're moving at the same speed as the boat is. And normally you just land right back in the seat, uh, but it'll still scare the crap out of you. Oh, yeah. and, it, and it doesn't mean that you, you can't get ejected. You definitely can. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, <clears throat> it's just one of those things. And it's kind of one of the reasons I'm, as I get older, I'm just like, yeah, do I really want to ride yeah. around and do I need to do this going yeah. 75 miles an hour with a 20 year old kid who barely knows how to drive the thing, but and isn't scared of anything and isn't Doesn't... scared of anything yet. Yeah. 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 I don't need that either. To be honest, to be honest, I, I I'm, I have too much, you know, I love my wife and my son too much to be doing something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this poor guy that was killed in uh, Okeechobee a couple of years ago, man. Uh, that was yeah. a, a listener of the radio show. Yeah, that that's uh, all the evidence shows it was the boater's fault. It, 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 you know, I mean, I, I that story's that story's definitively. That story's a horrible one. And, and when when you look into what happened and how it was handled after he got he was in the water and how they did know where he was, but FWC did not get in the water. For, for uh, I gave FWC hell because they FWC knew exactly like what the uh, highway, yeah, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission. Okay, yeah. so they knew where the body was, uh, but because he wasn't floating, they weren't going. They couldn't get in the water and go down there and get him. He was in probably ten or twelve foot of water, and he was underneath some some uh, some grass that it wasn't allowing his body to float and for three straight days they kind of hinted that maybe he was all right and he wasn't because they knew on that that first day exactly where he was and it really irritated me that they wouldn't go in the water and get that get his body just it was horrible as is but to just give the family some uh, i don't even know i don't even know just give to tell let the family know what had happened and the, there were guys out there. I, I don't have the picture on my phone anymore. There were guys out there that had side scan and sonar and that kind of stuff that were taking pictures of where the body was and what it was, how it was bloating and stuff like that. And they were going out there and trying to fish, like cast and try to bring him in with treble hooks just Jeez. so they would, they, they could do it. So that is it terrible. was, it was, it was a horrible, it was a horrible thing. It really was. And we had some tournaments, um uh, afterwards so it was uh that supported him and his family and it was it was really a it was really weird and and, and I, it was just it wasn't handled properly that's the best way to put it yeah that's a tragedy for sure so maybe well, we uh, should w should we wrap this up because i'm yeah, getting tired yeah now. yeah um i usually like to stick at two hours and okay. so we got you know we've got about nine minutes eight and a half minutes here so we ought to start winding down. Uh, how, how do you guys uh, like the show? How do you like the format? I'd love to see in the comments what you guys think. Um, and if you like, if you like this, uh, like this, 
please subscribe to the channel and share the video with your friends and see if we can get get uh, get more uh, opportunity, more people to, to view this and see this. Um, where it might feel a little late for some of you guys, but for us, it just seems to work best for our schedule. Yeah. Um, I try, I tried doing on a weeknight a little earlier and I can't get off work and get home and get set up in time. And, uh, but, uh, we really appreciate everybody in the get your fish on community, the Mr. Bass community, joining us, sharing us, sharing the love. Uh, I'm really excited about this. I think the content's going to be just amazing. And uh, we're really fortunate to have Steve as part of the team here on this deal because he's got so many contacts. Like he told me, he's got every pro bass fisherman's number in his phone. I do. So, so we're going to connect with some of these guys and we're going to we're going to try to give you some of the very best content in the whole industry out there. That's our goal. That's our desire. And, and I think we can make it happen. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, we'll we'll have some guests on here. We'll do we'll have some have some fun. And really, I think the biggest thing is if there's something that you guys want us to do or see or have questions about, the best thing to do is to just ask the question. Um, I mean, we're not all going to, we're going to have different opinions on certain things. So don't take it personal. If I don't have the same opinion that you have like color, don't take it personal. Right it's, on, nothing. Right it, on. It, it's what makes us all as a community. That's I don't right. mind. I, you want to, if I'm wrong, I have no problem telling you I'm wrong. I have no problem with that. But hopefully we can keep you informed on new things um, and and just have really just have fun with this this platform. So heck yes. And like and as long as we don't Dan ever talk about RoboWorm, we're good here. <laughs> uh, I think my guys don't know about the RoboWorm story, but uh, you, you can share that. But uh, Daniel, look, if the time doesn't work, the beauty of YouTube. You can go back and watch this thing. Even if you can't make the live stream, you can go back and watch it. It'll be on my channel. It'll be on Get Your Fish On's channel. And uh, you, maybe you can't participate in the comments, but you can get all of the content. So that, that's one of the great things about the YouTube universe. Oh, and I and I got plenty of stories. Some of the things I have done or had experiences with over 13 years in, the, in, in this industry are are stupid. So I've maybe we should maybe we things. should uh, maybe we should wrap up with your Robo Worm, your Robo Worm story. Uh, that that yeah. word that that killed me, man. That killed me. I, I what box? <laughs> Let me think. Oh, uh, it was in a Bass Baits monthly box. So, <laughs> so we don't. I don't drop shot down here at all. I I got a whole bunch of drop shot video drops up uh, stuff, and I'm sending with somebody. Uh, I think Joel is getting them, uh, but. I, I didn't know what robo worm was. That's the truth. I, I don't, I, that's not the type of fishing I did. And I got him in the, this and I was like, what? <laughs> you you don't did. Ro you don't know what robo worm is. <laughs> oh my gosh. It gets worse than that. There were probably two or 300 comments about it. And everyone telling me how I didn't know how to fish from people telling me they disliked me because I was fat and ugly because of it to having Aaron Martins tell me. How long have we been friends? <laughs> How do you not read my my shirt when you're in front of me title talking sponsor, for hours? Title sponsor right across his chest. I've, I've <laughs> never looked at his. I, and, I, and let me just say, Aaron, I apologize. I, I need to make sure I say, Aaron, I apologize. You know, I love you. Uh, but I've never looked at his jersey in my life. 
How was I, I have other things important to talk to him about other than that, like what birds are flying by. But I didn't know Robo Roman boy. I caught a lot of grief for it. A lot of grief for it. I mean, I, I, to be honest, you know something that nobody else knows. I caught grief about it the other day that I'm not going to share. But the person who caught me grief, I I I should call them out. Hey, I speaking won't. of robo, speaking of robo worm, Steve and I did a a a little exchange where I sent him fifty dollars worth of retail lures. <laughs> he sent me fifty dollars worth of wholesale lures, and I sent him some robo worm med worms. You did. But, uh, but go back and watch those videos because it's it's a really cool comparison to see what well, what I gave Steve that I paid fifty dollars for versus what Steve got for fifty dollars worth of wholesale. It's amazing. I, it's an I amazing think mine was fifty two forty two was my exact price. Yeah, fifty two forty two, and mine was like fifty four dollars. But I added I added up the retail price on the stuff you sent me, and it was like one hundred and twenty nine twenty eight bucks yeah. or something like that worth of stuff that you got for fifty two bucks. Yeah, uh, and it, it, amazing stuff. Uh, if you like unboxing videos, those are some, both of those boxes. I think were really some had some great stuff in them. I got this in today. Yeah, you got me onto the old Florida Tackle Club. I, I want to show you. Look at what this box is. I all I've done was cut it open. He couldn't fit it in. Jeez. All of it. That's amazing. Wow. Hey, if you're looking for a good uh, monthly subscription box, that Florida Tackle box, mm -hmm. I got, uh, Steve got me on it too, and I've got my first box the other day, and I was amazed. This guy called me on the phone. We said, talked about you, by the way. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. he, he said, "What? where do you fish? What do you like to fish? What's the water clarity? What's your favorite species? Do you like to fish different species? What don't you like to fish with? I mean, mm -hmm. he personalized this box for me by talking on the phone with me about it. And I'm telling you, I don't know of any other company on the planet that does that. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Oh. As the little B said, it is bi-monthly. In all honesty, and I'm Vic will probably shoot me for saying this. You can ask for it monthly. He will do it monthly for it if you ask for it. Now, I don't make him do mine monthly, and the reason behind that is is he caters. He calls me every month and says, hey, look, I'm thinking about, like, he and I are going to go peacock fishing in, in like, two months. So Ooh, he said, man. can I send, I said to him, can you make mine kind of sort of peacock bass-ish? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm down for that. If you don't mind the change, I'm, and that's what's in this box this month. He supposedly put two or three lures in just Sweet. for me to go peacock bass fishing. Awesome. So, one of the best guys in the world. I mean, I'm not spot. I don't have any, any ties to him other than we're for friends because I met him and uh, just one of the best. I think it's the best box in the world. I'm really impressed. I, like I said, I only got my first box, but I just couldn't believe how personable he was and the questions he asked. And there are other uh, companies out there, you know, monster bass is one that I've worked with some and they, you know, they say, we'll give you a tailored box by, asking you a few questions. What part of the country do you live in and what's the water clarity and do you want fresh water and this kind of thing? So that you get that kind of a tailored experience with some of these other companies. But but man, these companies don't have the time or the wherewithal to pick up the phone and actually talk to every customer. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, he, and you want to know the other thing he does? He sends a personalized note in every box that yeah. they put out. He does. I, I'm just looking at mine. Uh, where's that at? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh, right here. Yeah. 
it's, dear, it's Mr. Ba- dear Mr. Bass, welcome to Florida Tackle Club. Thank you for joining us in the love of fishing. Nice chatting with you today. Enjoying tight lines, Vic and the team. How about I, that? I actually think I think there's a code. Get your fish on, and you yeah. save five. Did you yeah. use it? Yeah, I did use it, and I got five percent off. I think. Oh yeah, or no. I think you save five bucks or something like five that. Five bucks. Yeah, that was. Something. I don't even use it. Yeah, I don't know why, but I don't. <laughs> I should use it. Uh, he, 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 they're just one of the good. They're one of the good guys. That's that, that's the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. On. Okay. Okay. Well, I think we're time. We're right at the two hour mark. Thank you, everybody, for joining. I had a blast. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. You're, you're great. Uh, just amazing working with you. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, be sure to tune in next Wednesday. And I also do uh, the, a Mr. Bass live stream every Saturday night, same time, 8 p.m., where I give away a lot of lures and we talk fishing as well. And uh, so if you want more Mr. Bass content, uh, live anyway, you can you can catch me on Saturday night. Uh, do you do any other live stuff, Steve, or no. is this all you're doing for right now? Uh, yeah. I will say every now and then there'll be something. There'll probably be one Friday. I, I'm not 100% sure. There's a bunch of guys from uh, NPFL here on the Harris Chain Fishing, oh, yeah, and they're, yeah. they're actually staying like – a little bit down the street from me. So they've been asking me to, to get on the water with them all week. And I'm, I'm going to maybe try to do something, but I think I'm going to pre-record it and then worry about it. But I watch you. I come on your show on, I don't come on. Yeah, like you this, do. But you know, yeah, you do. I, yeah. I, I come on and answer, you know, Florida questions. If that, if I'm, I'm doing, I kind of put you on this monitor over here and edit videos on this monitor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, right. I always, I always right. enjoy watching what you're doing because you do such a good job. So I'm yeah, happy. Thanks, I'm Steve. really excited about this collaboration. And like I said, if you guys want to comment and tell us what you want to hear or have questions, let's, let's make Absolutely. this something amongst all of us as a community and have Absolutely. fun and uh, enjoy each other's time. Right on. Okay, guys. Thanks a lot. We are ending in three, two, one. Goodbye.